think before we get started, I'd like to take a moment and ask us to keep in our minds and prayers the people in Mississippi with what's going on down there. As somebody's been involved in disasters, and we've seen so much lately, but uh, that's a lot of devastation. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. May I decrease and you increase. And Lord, I please pray earnestly for those people in Mississippi. I pray that your people will reach out and help them with the help that I've seen happen. And I know your people do. And we hope that through all this, many people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you, Scott, and thank Jonesboro Heights Baptist for coming and helping with what, uh, with Hurricane Florence efforts that uh, we were involved in. Um, I wasn't in disaster relief um, to rebuild and to do some of that, and um, I went through Hurricane Matthew, and that lasted about two years. And after that was over, I said, uh, and told a number of folks, um, man, I'm not doing that again. Um, Jesus still laughs at that because uh, before we had even finished, we had just put new appliances in one home from Hurricane Matthew when Hurricane Florence hit. Hurricane Florence flooded 70% of Pender County. The devastation was so widespread there was no way the local people could help out other people because everybody had their own problems they were going with. Fortunately, the North Carolina Baptist State Convention is such a great resource, as is the Southern Baptist Convention. Did you know that the Southern Baptist Convention is the third largest volunteer organization in the country behind the Salvation Army and the Red Cross. And of that, North Carolina and Texas are the largest as far as volunteers in the state. That's a lot to be proud of. I'm pleased that I was called to go to a couple other states to help with disasters. And I can tell you, there was a lot of relief when the North Carolina Baptists show up. Little did I think my county would need as much help as it did. Why do we go do it? Why do you go do it? Well, first of all, Jesus is the one that tells us to go and serve. In Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for many. There's so many examples in the Bible. Another one um, that I think hits close to home is if you recall in John when um, it talks about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And John 13, 15 says... For I have given you an example 
that you should do just as I have done to you. I know it's Baptist Men's Day, but I got to tell you, Jesus didn't call for men to serve. Matter of fact, I don't take it wrong, guys, because I don't think this is typical of you all. Too many times when I was dealing with the Wilmington Baptist Association and we'd mobilize some of the churches to go out and help people, um, so many churches have a group of men that that's what they do. That's their calling. The unfortunate part is, as men, we're wired to get in as soon as we can with as few people as we can and get out. And we don't really respond to people that aren't skilled coming to help us. And then that same group of men turns around and wonders why nobody's there to help. And they realize that, like myself, we're not as young as we used to be and I'm not getting under any houses anymore. Somebody's gotta come and take the place. And what's even worse, and I hope it doesn't happen here, there's been many times where I would follow up after a project and I'd say, tell me about the, the family, tell me about the people you served. Crickets. They never took the time to talk to them. That's certainly not following the example that uh, Jesus gave us. How do we solve that? Well, first is in 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I want to tell you, um, we got a request from a lady that uh, had a single wide trailer and it had some holes in the floor. And her name was Cynthia. And we went and met with Cynthia and she had Berger's disease and it was really bad. And she was in a wheelchair and on her wheelchair she had a 38 pistol uh, strapped to the side of the wheelchair. And that kind of gets your attention. Um, and we asked her what's with the pistol. And she'd have, she calls them critters, would come in during the night sometimes, uh, possums or whatever it may be. And she'd take the pistol and she'd shoot them. And then her home health person, when they came, um, they'd take care of them. So they, they wanted the holes fixed. Her husband had left her when the disease got bad. Before he did, he had started building a house for him. Um, he left. Instead of trying to fix up the trailer, it was a big leap of faith, really outside of our scope of what we do. We said, no, let's just finish, let's build that house, let's get it done. We did that. This house had a basement and then uh, above that was the living quarters. Cynthia couldn't get in that house, not in a wheelchair. Um, we built the house. We put an elevator on it, an outside elevator. 
That served me well because with Hurricane Florence, when we would rebuild homes, we elevated seven homes and we put an elevator at each one of those two. There's not enough land in Pender County, so you can't just move to another track of land. One couple came down with a group from Pennsylvania, and it was a husband and a wife. The wife's name was Ann. It was Ann's first mission trip. And she told me, she said, I don't know why I'm here. I wanted to come. I can't do anything. I don't have any skills, um, but I can clean. I can do whatever, whatever it is. She had a medical background. So I, everybody else was getting to work on the house and went in and spent time with Cynthia. To speed up the story, she ended up going through all Cynthia's medications, and you know how that goes anymore. What are the side effects of this one, the side effects of that one, and how's this effect? And you take so many pills, who knows? So Ann went to the doctor, uh, Cynthia's doctor with her, and uh, came up with the game plan she wanted to try, and time passed. Fortunately, I can tell you that through that, we got Cynthia in the house. Cynthia accepted Christ as her savior, and I got to be a part of baptizing her, and also got to be a part of, after she had joined the church, she invited a group from church to come over and have a meal and some whatever they had, they had going in her house. What an honor. We were doing mission stuff off and on with a lot of different groups, kind of like we did in the hurricane stuff, Scott, and we'd have these groups in, and every year our church would have a big dinner um, to thank the volunteers that were there when the biggest group was there. And we'd have some clients that we had helped that come along the way. And a couple of years after we had done Cynthia's, um, we were in the church, and I wouldn't pay much attention, hadn't talked to Cynthia a while. And through the door walked Cynthia. We didn't know it. She was completely healed. Bottom line is, God used some two-by-fours to get in there to do what he had in mind. I'll never forget that. On a comic note, um, one day I was leaving from a, my wife's work and somebody hollered at me and it was Cynthia. Hardly recognized her because she had on leather chaps and she was getting on her Harley going for a ride. <laughs> uh, um, don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. So everybody can serve. All right, I get this all the time. I don't know what the needs are. Who do we go? How do we know who to help? That's called prayer. If you ask for God to open the door and give you an opportunity, hold on because he's going to do it. And you got to think outside the box. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. In Hurricane Florence... We had a lady, um, I had a staff of 10 that worked out of the, uh, our site there in Pender County. Um, so a lot of you have met a lot of those. And we had a saying that 
if any of our folks went to a site and God put it on their heart that we got to help those people, we weren't going back and checking. We were going to do it. And that's a little bit of a contrast because in disaster relief, unfortunately, you got the federal government, the state government, you got FEMA, you got all these organizations, and everybody's got funding and they've got this criteria you got to go through. And it's, well, frankly, it's disgusting how many people just fall through the cracks because they don't fit the criteria. Diane um, had a major tree fall right in the middle of her house and literally cut it in half. She was so traumatized that two weeks after that, that happened, her husband died. He, he just couldn't handle it. Well, she didn't qualify for anything. And we went and saw it, and a couple of us were in the truck and came back, and um, it's like, we got to do this. How are we going to do it? I'll have to speed this up. Fortunately, to get rid of the house, the house is falling in two. I mean, you know, there's nothing left. Um, we happened to live right by a little military base called Camp Lejeune. And somebody knew somebody that knew somebody, and we managed to get a group of Marines to come over there, and in one day had that whole thing torn out, moved out of the way, buried, and burned the whole bit. Okay? Uh, frankly, we couldn't have done that. We wouldn't even thought to do that. Her husband's died. Okay? She didn't know what to do. FEMA gave her a trailer to live in temporarily. But FEMA was on her because she wasn't making any effort to find permanent housing. Anyway, I was going, whenever FEMA would come in and do an inspection, I would go over there too because she had more trust in the local people than they did somebody from the government coming to help them. And with all the stuff she had been through with all the forms with everything else nobody had bothered to realize her husband had done all the paperwork nobody else and she didn't have any way to live except for the, what money she got from FEMA make a long story short before the uh, end of the day we had gotten her connected up with DSS and gotten her food stamps um, she couldn't qualify for programs because she didn't have a job. We got her a job. Uh, we also, we had a lot of partners, and we always do. One was Habitat for Humanity. Um, we got Habitat to be involved, and bottom line is she's now working. She has a new home built by Han um, Habitat for Humanity, and she didn't qualify for anything. But the Lord provided it. Let me tell you this, it's easy to talk about those big jobs and disasters, but God calls us for a lot more than that. In my introductions, Scott mentioned Operation In As Much, and I don't know if y'all do it or familiar with it, but um, Matthew 25, 40 says, Assuredly, the king will answer and say to them, 
Inasmuch as you've given it the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. In order to get people fired up about going outside church walls, within as much, we've been able to come up with something for, that everybody in a church can do. And that can range anywhere from construction, uh, making lunches, and I tell people, don't go to Chick-fil-A and buy a bunch of stuff and give them. There's people that, that that's their gift. Get the raw products and have them make the sandwiches and put a little love package together and take it and feed them. And you men that are going to do it, don't take those lunches with you when you go. And if you need material, don't run down to the hardware store and get it. You call here, and some people have the gift of being able to do transportation, and the, a lot of the people prepare the food. They may get to a part of the county they've never seen, and that's really the case um, where we are. We even had one year, um, I mentioned India. I've been involved in India before, and, uh, still I am, um, and made several trips over there. And uh, we had the kids in our church uh, made murals. And they made those murals, and when I went to India, I took them. You know, it was just paper and whatever else. No, I think they were cloth, some of them. But anyway, we, I took them with me, and uh, we used that to decorate one of the new churches that, uh, that we had over there. How about this one? We worked with a laundromat that's there in Wilmington, pretty close to UNCW, and told them, look, on this particular Saturday, in as much it generally works better when it's all one day. So everybody can participate, and it's a big deal. And the way we used to do it, we got too high tech now, uh, we'd have people, their gift was taking pictures. And inevitably, the Sunday right after the Saturday we had had in as much, we'd have one of the biggest turnouts of the whole year after everybody worked all day. Why? Because we had had all those pictures developed and had them strung out around the sanctuary and everybody wanted to come see the pictures and take a look and see the people that are making, made a fool out of themselves or look at all the paint, you know, whatever it may be. But that was a good deal. Anyway. We went to this laundromat and said, we want to wash everybody's clothes for one day. And you can tell everybody, save them up, bring your bedspreads or whatever you got, the stuff you don't get around to, and come do that, okay? Then we went and one of our best construction guys came to me and said, what am I building? What, what, what am I gonna do? I said, well, Lance, uh, I knew him pretty well. And I said, to be honest with you, I want you to go the king's laundromat and wash clothes. He knew how to build something. Let's get him out doing something else, okay? We also had a bunch of people that were there doing uh, face paintings for kids when they came and the whole bit. From 10 o'clock, we started earlier now, but we tracked it. From 10 o'clock to 2 p.m., we had spent $500 in those machines washing clothes and here's the kicker we've got people say man that's a lot of money well it may be but have you priced materials to build a handicap ramp lately and here's the interesting story to learn, be learned from that laundromat if I take uh, Nick comes in and I take his clothes and uh, I'm putting them in there 
while the clothes are being washed, what am I going to do? I'm going to talk to him. That makes up for all those times, so many times, that's an opportunity. I think we've had more people accept Jesus Christ from opportunities like that. I'm not putting down the handicap ramps and all that. we got to do them, but we take too much of them for granted. The other part to that is when we do that, we're sharing the gospel. Folks, we got to get real. This country's not looking real good these days. This world's not looking real good these days. There's too many people that have compromised on the word of God. There's too many people that think, I'm basically a good person, I'll, I'll go to heaven. That's not the way it works. John 14, 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I'm not real smart, but that's not real hard to figure out. Who's supposed to do that? Is it the role of our pastors? Certainly not the role of the government. It's the role of every one of us. So my message today is we got to go outside of church walls, be the light in the darkness, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be articulate to know the whole Bible. Just tell them what Jesus has done in your life. That's all we got to do. And if not you, then who? My challenge today is to go out of church walls and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we're so blessed that uh, you've given us your word and the stuff we can't figure out and we don't know how to do. It's all there. We just have to open it up, read it, pray, ask you for opportunities and for you to lead and guide us. You do it so many times and we take it for granted. Lord, as I came here today and saw the history of this church and all the years it's been here, I can't help but think of all the people that have been touched from Jonesboro Heights Baptist Church and all the families that are here. I ask you to fill each of these people in here, each of their members, to go outside and talk to those people they don't know, to the strangers, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we give you all the glory. Amen.